Welcome back. I'm Kevin Vondro, Chief Lending Officer at Westfield Bank and the host of Sharing Knowledge Series. Today we'll be discussing the residential real estate market, providing insight for people interested in buying, selling, or building a home. We hope you enjoy another episode of Sharing Knowledge Series. Welcome back to another episode of Sharing Knowledge. In today's episode, we're going to be focusing on the residential real estate market and really giving insight into people as they look to buy, sell, or build a home. So we have two special guests with us here today. First, we have Andy Camp, president of Cutler Real Estate. Andy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at at Cutler? Yeah, uh, thank you, Kevin. Uh, Andy Camp, president of Cutler Real Estate, uh, one of the largest locally owned real estate companies in the state of Ohio. Uh, We have 24 offices throughout the state of Ohio, from Cleveland, Akron, Canton, Columbus, and Cincinnati. And we're celebrating our 75th year of being in business. So glad to be here today, Kevin. Thank you. Well, congratulations and happy anniversary. Thank you very much. And and joining us here today, our other guest is Bob Giacomo, one of our very own at Westfield Bank. So, Bob, uh, I don't know if you need any more introduction than that, but maybe give a little bit uh, about yourself. That was pretty good. Um, Yeah. So I I have the privilege of leading eight exceptional mortgage lenders for Westfield Bank and two uh, fabulous people who work in our secondary markets department. And we just pretty much do everything mortgage. So been in the business for 30 years this year. You know, we we have challenges that we know we're going to be facing this year that we haven't had to face in the past few years, but we're we're ready and able to do it. Okay. Well, thank you again for for joining us. I really want to start out with really around with, with the recent boom in, in the housing market, what advice would you give someone um, as they're looking to, to purchase a house? Andy, and from the, from the agent side, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's been a, an incredible couple of years. It's been uh, uh, unbelievable. In fact, you, you know, we have the pandemic and we had um, a, a very strong real estate market leading up to the pandemic. And then um, for a couple of weeks there, everything shut down and we were really concerned about what was going to be next, how we could serve our clients. And uh, here in the state of Ohio, when the governor uh, declared that real estate was an essential service, we got to work. And, and ever since then, it, you know, it, home ha- has kind of shifted in what it means to people. Uh, and, and so, you know, what we've talked about at Cutler Real Estate is everybody's experiencing the same thing differently. And, and home's no exception. And, and so really what we've been focusing on is, is trying to help people build an individual strategy to navigate this market. Um, and that, that is different for buyers and sellers. It's different in price ranges. Uh, it's different in demographics. And, and so what, what is, I guess, my best piece of advice at this point is uh, in, in a market that we consider the new normal, uh, you have to work with a professional that's going to design a strategy based on your needs and motivations. Oh, that's great. And, and you bring up Navigate because, you know, like, the environment it is it is challenging it is and, and you have to be able to understand how to how to get to the get through it and and it's important to have help right to be able to do that well and you know and most importantly kevin it, there's a lot of noise in the market right now it, you know there's a, it, only 32 percent of buyers think it's a good time to buy um you know and, and and bob giacomo and i have known each other for quite a while and one of the things that bob talks about is it, it's the right time to buy when it's the right time to buy. It's the right time to sell when it's the right time to sell. You, you know, and that's never been more true than, than the market that we're in right now. You, you know, the majority of residential buyers and sellers are not speculative. This is their primary residence. And in many cases, it's the first, it's the largest 
uh, investment of their their lives. No. Uh, you, you know, so really the timing of the market to perfect the interest rate or the timing of the market to, you know, make sure you maximize the price. That's not as important, you know, for most common buyers and sellers. You know, and I think, you know, one of the things that we concentrate on is as professionals being that conduit of good information and once again, helping somebody build a strategy based off of their needs and not get caught up in the noise. No, that's great. And you know, like, so that, that's the first challenge, right? Is, is getting help to find that home. And then and once you do find that home, the next challenge is, is getting a loan, right, Bob? And, and maybe what, what are some advice you give you can give our audiences they're looking to get a mortgage loan? Because they haven't done it in a while. It's definitely changed a lot. Um, yeah, so you better be prepared. And the way you get prepared is you have a plan and you better be working with a solid mortgage professional who can get you pre-qualified and have all your ducks in a row. So when you go to make that offer on a property, it, it's legit and you know you can afford it and you have an idea what the payment will be. Um, so get, get everything lined up, get with the right people and move forward. No, I, I know um, some of the challenges out there is, is you know, like you're competing with digital lenders. And, and I think it's important as, as people are able to meet with their lender face-to-face -face or, or, or get to know them and, and help them through that process. Yeah, a digital lender is great until, something, until a challenge arises. And then who do you talk to? Who do you hold accountable? Um, you know, at Westfield, our, our mortgage loan originators will hold themselves accountable. You can hold them accountable. And we're going to make sure that you stay on the correct path. Uh, for example, we're not going to, we're going to recommend you don't waive any inspections. We're going to recommend that you work with a, a solid real estate professional um, so that when you are ready to go, you are ready to go. This is the biggest purchase you're going to make in your life, most likely. Yeah. Shouldn't you be working with somebody who does this for a living, both selling and financing? Um, not that online lenders don't do financing, but who do you really know who you're talking to? No, good point. Yeah, it's, I mean, Kevin, it's a really good point that Bob made. You, you know, just the example of waiving inspections. Um, you, you know, it, you, you are putting a buyer in such jeopardy and they can get caught up in the moment because in many cases, um, a, a seller might have five or six cash offers and maybe three or four, you know, financed offers. And so in, in the competitive environment, a seller might counter and say, well, you know, the other cash offers have waived inspections. Uh, we're not going to consider your offer unless you waive inspections. Well, if you, haven't, if you haven't decided to work with a professional that's sat down and really prepared a buyer for the, the challenges and, and obstacles in this marketplace, they can feel a lot of pressure to win that, that home. They may have lost out on four or five offers and it can be a catastrophe. So working with a, a, a lending partner that's gonna be communicating back and forth with the real estate professional is going to absolutely 100% be a benefit to the consumer. I don't think in this market, an online lender has a place because there is no accountability. You, you, you are going to end up really frustrated when something goes wrong. And there's so many obstacles and variables in this market right now, it's inevitable that there will be something that creates a challenge. So you need to have somebody that you can pick up the phone and talk to that's gonna work hard with you through that challenge. So that's our recommendation at Cutler Real Estate. You have to work with a, a, a experienced mortgage professional 
to win the day for your consumer. Yeah. And, and one thing you want to avoid is, 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 is I know when you're talking to you, they, they call it FOMO, yes. fear of missing out, right? And, and, and maybe explain that, and, or, or I, maybe that just kind of just validates what you're talking about. And, and yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, it, once again, that's part of the noise that we see, you know, especially in, in, in the world that we live in with the prevalence of social media, you know, everybody seems to have this, this story to compare to what a lot of consumers' realities are. You, you know, so you, you go back and you, you, we talk a lot about, all right, what's our client's motivation? What's the consumer's motivation? Buyer and seller may be very different. Um, you, you know, you have to be communicating. And I think that's another key uh, to have a real estate professional and a mortgage professional that are communicating back and forth. It's absolutely essential. But um, yeah, I, we, we've experienced some buyers that have gotten up in this fear of missing out phenomenon. Uh, you, you know, they may have been searching for 40 or 50 homes. They may have put in offers on three or four and lost in a competitive environment. And if they haven't been prepared uh, to, you know, what are some of the challenges and, and you know, they have somebody that's going to help them through that, uh, it's going to be very easy to get caught up in that. But, you know, once again, you have to go back and you have to think about why are you moving? Why, are you, why is now the right time to be yeah. buying instead of renting? It's still the best investment in, in almost every case. Uh, and so, you know, you, you have to kind of go and check those boxes to make sure that, um, okay, I'm not compromising. You, you know, that we talk a lot about that. You know, what are the essentials that you need, whether it's resale or new construction? What are those essentials that are non-negotiable? And then be prepared to walk away if the price is escalated too high or you feel pressure and you're communicating and you understand that, okay, it's a, it, it, there's no problem here um, because we'll go find another house. And, we're, and, and you're working with a professional that's going to work hard to help you do that. No, that's great. So it, it, just to, I guess, elaborate or, or build on what Andy was talking about, um, Bob, like many times a borrower um, is, is going to be looking at a house and they may not get their first house. It may be several houses they're looking at, but what are some of the things that they should keep in mind or, 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 or work on as they, as they prepare for that, that journey in, in, in borrowing money with their bank? Well, they're going to know their, their, their limitations in terms of price, which is going to be based upon their income and the uh, assets that they have for down payment. So what they want to do is stay within those limitations. And interest rates change. They move up and down literally every day, but they don't move that much. So we will always give you the worst case scenario and then hope for somewhere between the best case scenario and in the middle of the worst case scenario so that when you finally find that the right house, that you're ready to go, you're confident in that, that you'll be able to afford the payment. And, and keep one thing in mind, once you buy that house, that the only thing that's going to change in that payment, if you have a fixed rate mortgage, is when your real estate tax or your insurance yeah. go up. Year over year, um, residential rents nationwide went up 11.5%. That's a ton. So you now have more control over your future by owning a home. It's the best investment you'll ever make. And you'll be able to settle into that payment. And while I'm on it, I'm going to say, you know, interest rates are important, but it's not the single most important thing. Yeah. The right time to buy a house, as Andy said, is when you're ready to buy a house. Rates will go up and down. We know the average mortgage stays on the books nationwide. It's, it's actually less than six years. At Westfield, it's about seven. Yeah. So a 30-year mortgage is only staying on the books that long because you're moving again or you love the place and you're refinancing to a lower rate. You now control all of that. Some landlord 
doesn't have that control over you to raise your rent because rents are going up. Well, that's that's good feedback, especially when people are trying to time the market because it, that's almost impossible. Every time you do, yeah, you're going to lose, right? Yeah. You're never going to win. Andy, what impact have you seen um, COVID-19 or just the pandemic having on, on the housing market? Uh, it's had it, it's had a, un, an incredible impact, um, you know, particularly with sellers. You know, as I said before, uh, I think once the initial shock of the nationwide shutdown um, of the pandemic. You, you know, when people realized that you, they had to figure out how to live their lives, you know, people were, were shifting and in, in pivoting in so many different ways. And, you know, probably one of the best examples is the long lasting effect of people working from home or working yeah. in a hybrid environment. You know, industries that you never would have thought would be comfortable with their, their workforce working from home have now decided that they're going to be permanently working from home. Um, you know, so looking around after a month or two, in some cases six or seven months of shutdown, they were realizing that they needed to, you know, maybe not necessarily downsize. We talk a lot about right-sizing. Yeah. Uh, and in many cases, they're right-sizing for the exact same amount of money. It's not a financial uh, move in, in many cases for sellers. It's, it's more a lifestyle choice. You, you know, they, they need that extra workout room. They need that extra home office because, you know, both spouses are, are working, you know, at home. They need an extra bedroom because their college-age child is now learning remotely, let alone any, you know, middle school, grade school, or high school children. You know, so all of a sudden, you were, you were working out at home. You were working, you know, your offices from home. And you were also educating and entertaining your children from home. So, you know, people step back. And, and so you're starting to see a lot of lifestyle things, you know, a lot more indoor outdoor spaces. Even in Ohio, that's become a huge factor. Um, you know, home offices, um, places to put your Peloton uh, that you ordered in the middle of the pandemic. You know, so there's a lot of choices uh, uh, from a lifestyle standpoint. So, you know, we've talked a lot about right sizing. And it comes back to that motivation, really digging in and asking those questions of, okay, why are you moving? Where do you want to move to? You know, and, and it's, it's a general shift in how people view housing in general. I think that's the most lasting uh, effect from COVID. And, and I think that it's going to be a, a permanent change in the minds of consumers yeah. in the United States. And, and, and you think <clears throat> the right size will, will continue even in, into retirement as people are looking for their retirement? You know, like, I, yeah, I do, actually. I, I think just the, the whole idea of retirement's been turned on its head. Yeah. You know, you have a lot of people that now realize they can work from home. So I think affordability is going to be a key component in terms of people's consideration. You see a lot of people that, that have worked because of their job in extremely expensive real estate markets. And now you, what we have already started seeing this over the last 12 months is if you have a tie to Ohio, maybe you went to Ohio State or Cleveland State or Kent, you know, then you're, and you have family here, you're starting to reconsider, you know, coming back. Um, you know, there's a term called boomerang, uh, you know, boomerang buyers. You, you see people that maybe graduated, went out west, realized that California is not affordable, so they went to Denver, but then they went to Austin, then they went to Nashville or Chicago. And now they're realizing that, you know, Cleveland, Akron, Canton, Columbus, or Cincinnati are very affordable places and they can buy a lot more house uh, that have the amenities that they're looking for. So, uh, you know, I, I think 
retirement is one component. You know, the aging baby boomers are, are, are still uh, the largest force um, in terms of homeowners, um, but millennials are catching up with them. And so you have this, this, the, these two giant forces in housing that are really creating you know, what we're experiencing right now or, or contributing to what we're experiencing right now, which is you, you know, a housing crunch, a perceived housing shortage, which isn't really true. We, there's no housing shortage per se. There's just a, a shortage of available housing for the pool of buyer demand that we're that we see right now. That's an interesting way to put it because you know, like I would always thought it was a, there, there was a housing shortage, um, but well, you, you know, that's a, with a lot of things. That's yeah. a pretty complicated thing to get into. You, you know, new construction certainly in Ohio is lagging buyer demand, um, but you know, there's still plenty of homes. It, you, you, you know, it's just one of the things. Once again, homeowners are reluctant to put their house on the market right now because they're afraid to be homeless. You know, they don't have a lot of options or they don't think they have a lot of options um, because there's not what is considered a traditional inventory of, of homes. You know, the National Association of Realtors considers a normal market five to seven months worth of inventory. Uh, you know, last year for our company, uh, we experienced less than 40 days worth of inventory. So even if the inventory doubled, we would still be in what would be considered a seller's market. You know, less than less than yeah. five months of inventory is a seller's market. More than seven months of inventory is a buyer's market. You know, so so it, it's not so much a housing shortage per se. It's a shortage of available housing in what is considered a traditional or normal real estate market. So so Bob, Andy mentioned right sizing. How has that impacted um, the, the mortgage business when you're looking at you know, like mortgage loans and, and, and refinances versus you know, like, oh, like when rates were low, people were refinancing to save interest uh, uh, expense on, on that part. But uh, now are, we, are you seeing more and more people purchasing homes because they need to right size? No, we're not. Um, we know what's going on out there, but that, that's, for, that's for the realtor, that's for Andy to worry about. What we're worrying about is making you comfortable with the process. Okay. So whether you're right-sizing, moving up, moving down, what do you want? What do you have to put down? Where do you want your payment to be? How's that going to affect the rest of your credit? That's what we're worried about. Gotcha. So, so we, don't, we don't get into what are you doing and why are you doing this. No, that's, that's the realtor's job. We're there to make sure it's affordable, you're comfortable with the affordability, and you understand that this is an obligation, how it works. If, sure. if it's a 10-year loan, if it's a 15-year loan, understand you can pay it off at any time. There's never a penalty. So we want to make sure you're completely comfortable with the financing. Okay. Realtors and Andy are going to make sure you're buying the right size house. Yeah. Well, Andy, you mentioned it, it, it's a seller's market. I guess what advice would you give sellers out there, especially if they're looking to upgrade or, or, or right size or, or their current home. The pressure cooker environment that we've we've seen over the last two years is slowing down a little bit. Now, I have to preface, preface that, that I expect that, the, you know, I mentioned the new normal. I expect that the new normal is going to be a seller's market for probably the next five to seven years. Wow. Um, but with that being said, I don't think that we're going to see double-digit price appreciation in properties in Ohio. Uh, I think it's probably going to be high single digits. I think we're going to see an increase in market time, um, which are all good things. Uh, you know, th that, getting close to a normalizing market, even if we're in still a 
technically a seller's market, you know, if we're in 90 days worth of inventory, that's going to bring more sellers to the market because now it's going to increase overall inventory. It's going to settle down the, this kind of frenzy. Um, you know, instead of 27 offers, maybe we get four or five offers. Yeah. You, you know, and, and the pressure on buyers to make bad decisions is also going to normalize. You're going to see less and less of that pressure to win the bid or to, you know, to, to you know, not experience FOMO. Um, you, you know, so if, if a seller has been considering selling their home, they should do it within the first six months of, of 2022 if they want to maximize, um, you know, home value. Uh, I, you know, I, and, and the reason I say that is it, what we're seeing is an increase in interest rates. Um, and that is going to put some pressure on um, how much home a buyer can afford uh, and, and what that does in terms of their monthly um, uh, mortgage, uh, mortgage payment. Now, we're well positioned in the state of Ohio. We're one of the most affordable places uh, to live in the United States. You know, once again, that noise I talked about, you, you hear a lot of news reports that rising interest rates are going to put the brakes on the housing boom. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Unless you live in markets like California, unless you live in overheated markets, uh, you know, like Denver or Austin, Texas, that's going to be something that they're going to have to consider because it's not an affordable market for most buyers. Um, you, you know, so if, if you're on the fringe of being able to to afford a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar house, and interest rates go up, you know, a half a point, well, that's really going to significantly affect your ability to buy. You know, that that's a, a real tough question between buying versus renting. Um, but in the state of Ohio, that's not going to be the case. And the, other, the only other challenge, I guess, that I see is uh, buyers are going to have sticker shock as interest rates increase. It, it, two and a half percent, two and three quarters percent interest rates. You know, I got in the business in, in 2001 and the interest rates were eight percent. You know, we just celebrate, we're celebrating our 75th anniversary as a company. My father's been in the business 50 years, and he sold plenty of real estate when interest rates are at 21%. So, you know, even if interest rates get back to 45 or 5%, it's not a matter of if, I don't think. I think it's when. Um, you, you know, that's still historically affordable. But we have a whole generation of home buyers and sellers that think that that's really, really expensive. So I think we have to, once again, educate the consumer really get down to what their motivation is and help them understand that if it's the right time to sell, it's the right time to sell for their family to move on with their lives. If it's the right time to buy, then it's the right time yeah. to buy for their, their family and, and getting on with their lives. Now, now you mentioned being a seller's market and you, you see it for the next five to seven years. And you've heard people talk about, like, are we approaching another bubble? Um, you want to comment on that or give your thoughts on it? I, lo I love that question. We are nowhere close to a bubble. Um, you know, and I think Bob can can affirm this. You know, the underwriting guidelines that are that were put in place after you know the, the financial crisis uh, in 2008, 2009, 2010, um, you know, are are still there today. You know, it's still uh, the the lending environment is still extremely conservative um, historically speaking. So, you know, you look at where you see this price appreciation in housing. It is a simple matter of supply and demand. Um, you know, I talked a little bit about, you know, this perceived housing shortage. You know, there are some pressures on, on, on um, the available housing and why housing, is, you know, why there isn't more inventory on the market. You know, in the state of Ohio, lack of new construction options is one pressure. Um, you know, one other phenomenon that isn't talked a lot about 
is the private equity money that entered into the single family residential um, arena. It, you know, it, up to $3 trillion of private equity money is, is being driven through what we call SFR funds. You know, and single family residential funds, which, which are coming in and paying all cash for what would traditionally be a first or second time buyer housing stock, they're buying and holding them as rentals. Uh, and that could be up to 30% of the market in, wow. in three years. So, you know, you have a lot of pressures, you know, and, and when you have a, a buyer that's being financed by a lending institution versus an all cash buyer, um, you, you know, that's, that's tricky sometimes when you don't have other inventory coming to market. So, um, you know, so there are some pressures, you, you know, in, 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 you know, it's a good time to be a seller. But, you know, once again, it's also a good time to buy, uh, yeah. you know, and, and it, it just comes back to whether it's right for that individual at the time. Well, all the more reason to have a trust advisor or agent to help you through and, and navigate, as, as we said, through the, through the whole process. Now, Bob, I know you give a lot of economic forecasts. And in fact, I think today you're, you're giving one um, before you got here for this, uh, this podcast. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on interest rates and where do you see them um, in the near future and in, in extended out? Um, interest rates have gone up a percent from this time last year. Okay. They'll probably go up another half a percent from where they're sitting now. So you'll you'll see them end up in in the very low fours, four four and a quarter. Um, the Fed has to start raising short term loans. They have to. They have to fight inflation. Inflation is at a forty two year high, six point nine percent in December, six point eight percent in November. Um, the only, the main way you combat that is by raising rates. Yeah. So rates will go up and we'll be in that season for a couple of years and then things will level out and then rates will come back down again. So again, if you're counseled properly, you're concerned about the rates, but you're not worried about the rates. You're worried about finding the right property yeah. because as Andy said, there is no bubble. There's a glutton of buyers out there trying to find the right home. Um, builders are, I, I talked to an HBA organization just before I came here. Builders are four to six to eight months out to even be able to start the next project. So they have to get through what they have and then get to what they know is out there. Um, the rules changed tremendously after Dodd-Frank in 2010. We, what we put people through when you're getting a mortgage is difficult for them. Um, that's, we'll just use that word. Uh, it's, it's difficult because we are diving into your taxes. If you're self-employed, we need every, we need two years of every business that you have. We need the K-1s. We need to see what you're making now. We need to know that's going to continue into the future. Um, we need to see your assets. Hopefully you've had them there for 60 to 90 days or we need to see where they came from and we need to see they're going to be there again. And then the government wants us to disclose again before we, we close. So we, we have to, we, we, within 48 hours of closing, we're gonna check with the IRS again to make sure that the tax returns we have are what, what you gave us. It's not that we don't trust you. We have to follow the protocol that, that, that is set up by, by the federal government. That wasn't there when the last bubble occurred. We needed a pay stub, page one of a bank statement, and move on. No. We're not moving on anymore. We're making sure that we're putting you in a good position because if I put you in a position where your debt ratio is too high, which means basically you can't afford a house with all your other expenses, I can be, or my bank can be held liable for that. No. 
So we're not going to put you in that position. Did that happen in the past? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Well, and, and, and not going back there, but uh, there's times where you didn't have to provide W-2 information. It was stated income, and you just had to tell no them income, what you made. Yeah. Yeah. No income, no asset. Yeah. We jokingly say that, you know, my 16-year-old son could have gotten a loan back yeah. in, yeah. you know, 05, 06. So it, it, lots have changed since then. Well, that's one of the times I think we really learned uh, lessons uh, from our past and, and, and really benefited the process. Now, we touched on buying a home, selling a home, and, and the third option is building a home. Uh, what, what advice would you, would you give, uh, I guess, customers as they're looking to start that adventure, whether it's the first time or, or, they, or, or many times that they... Yeah, they building a home should be a great experience. There again, it's, it's, it's probably the most expensive thing you're ever going to do in your life. And so the first thing you have to do is you got to get with a trusted builder. And you got to know what's going on out there. Lumber prices are jumping around. The volatility in lumber prices is 12% right now, which means they're changing literally daily. And to compare that to 2017, 18, and 19, the volatility was 0.3%. So there was very little movement. So you have to work with a builder who can explain to you, hey, this is what it's costing to build this house right now. However, year over year, we know materials, building materials are up 22%. So if you can afford to build, now is the time to do it because we don't know how much they're going to be up next year and the year after and the year after. So get with a trusted builder, understand what's, what's going through, understand that, that things may cost more two months from now than they do right now. See, see lumber prices, for example, lumber prices went doubled from mid-November 2021 to mid-December. It was, it was a Wall Street Journal article that was saying, how, how, can, how can people afford to do this? And in mid-December, December 17th to be exact, the price per linear foot of lumber was $1,089. Now it's just over $1,200. So in a month, it's gone up another couple, you know, hundred and $20. So you have to be prepared for that. Yeah. And you have to have the finances to be prepared for that. Hopefully you don't need them, but. Well, that and there's, there's, there's always the additional costs that you don't think about. Uh, right. I mean, there's always, yeah. Yeah. There, there's always change orders. And as a lender, we're basing everything on your original blueprints and your original um, choices. If you decide you want to go to granite countertops and stainless steel, and that wasn't in the original, you have to have the finances to yeah. do that yourself. And, and, and one thing to keep in mind is it doesn't cover the landscaping, right? I mean, that, that's a lot of times. <laughs> Unless those, it's in there, but yeah. yes, a lot of times it does not. Yeah. Yeah, so read your contracts and understand that. But a good builder is gonna walk you through that. It's gonna say, hey, it's gonna cover landscaping, so you're gonna need X amount of dollars for that. Andy, I, I know you're, you mostly help people when they're, when they're buying and selling houses, but. What advice would you give somebody as they're looking to, to go through the construction process? Yeah, you know, new construction, new construction is a great option. Um, you know, what we talk about in counseling uh, buyers in the construction process is, you, you know, really, once again, what are your non-negotiables? You know, and let's really compare resale versus new construction, because there are definite pros and cons to both. You know, obviously controlling your timeline uh, and, and being able to time that transition is a huge upside to building a home. Uh, but you also have to be pre prepared 
uh, for some compromises, you know, in that process. And, you know, and, and I think you, you have to ha work with somebody, not only a builder, you know, but a realtor that's going to help you understand the, the pros and cons of both those options. Um, you, you know, Bob hit the nail on the head. You have to work with a reputable builder. You know, somebody that's been in the business that's proven that they have the resources and the access to contractors that are going to be able to, to you know, on time, you know, and on budget. Uh, and, and, you know, this isn't the time to put, you know, a, a new construction project in the hands uh, of a builder that's just trying to get started. Yeah. Uh, so, you, you know, reputation means everything. And, and the reason for that is they're going to have access to materials. You know, and as Bob said, there's so much volatility not only in lumber, but also labor and materials, that um, you know, those all are factors on what the affordability of that new construction project is gonna be. So you know, going back and looking at how new construction fits into the overall housing market, um, you know, just as you know, for a point of observation, for every, list new, every resale listing that comes to market, we're estimating that there's four buyers for every one of those homes. You know, so really new construction could triple in Ohio uh, and we would come close to meeting buyer demand right now. You know, so new construction really is, is a huge part of it. Unfortunately, because Ohio was hit so hard in the downturn in 07, 08, 09, we lost a lot of, of our um, local and regional builders. You know, we're just now getting back to seeing some of the same regional builders. The other, the other factor with new construction is land. Um, and you know, one of the things that we've talked a lot about as a company, I've talked to, to city organizations and, and um, planning organizations is, we have to start rethinking zoning. Um, that is a huge, huge obstacle for allowing new construction to meet buyer demand and housing demand. Um, you know, the other part of it is, I think in the future, you're going to see a lot of communities take a good hard look at breaking down the stigma of manufactured housing and how that can be incorporated into uh, responsible planning in communities um, to, to expand access to new construction. Yeah, and, and that's a, a, a good point you bring up. Um, you know, like a lot of, I don't say rural, but you know, like when you're outside of the, the, the urban markets, um, some of the challenges of those smaller cities are finding workers and, and and the biggest issue they have is affordable housing and mm -hmm. how do they get it and, and and putting in those those developments and 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 new construction projects is a key to doing that but it, it, the challenge is getting them approved and, and through the to the finish line to be able to, to provide those uh, affordable houses yeah you, you know there, there's got to be in my opinion there, there has to be a um, a partnership between public and private to really take a good hard look at making something affordable. You know, once again, Ohio is an affordable market, but for most new construction, um, the builders simply can't, they can't afford to build what would be considered an affordable new build. You, you know, something in the 180 to $300,000 range, um, just simply because labor and materials are so expensive, set aside the cost of land. So. Right. Um, you know, there's, there, there needs to be some, some out-of-the-box thinking on how we're going to work together to, to, to really look at meeting the housing demand when it comes to new construction. No, no, I agree. And another challenge um, when you're dealing with, with construction is, is appraisal values. And Bob, you can probably talk about this. I mean, with, yeah. with the rise of, of costs, I mean, what are some of the challenges that borrowers should expect when, well, when they're getting a construction loan? Yeah, keep one thing in mind. No house has ever been built 
with labor as much as it is now. No. And you heard me say before, building materials overall, we're talking windows, roofing, gutters, downspouts, appliances, the average is 22% higher year over year. So you've never had a house built that costs this much and you never had it built with labor that was paid this much, yet you have to compare it to what's out there. It's very, very hard for that house to appraise. So, so again, our, our mortgage professionals will prepare their work, their work with the builder, but we're going to prepare that, that client. We're not saying the house isn't worth, pick a number, $400,000 that you're building it for. We're just having trouble proving it because everything in the market, which is what we have to compare it to, costs much less to build. We understand the cost is there, it's worth every penny you're paying for it. However, I have to follow the guidelines that were set back in 2010 to 2012 with appraisals because the reason we had that bubble back in 2006, 2007, 2008 was we were waiving appraisals. No. If somebody's willing to pay that for it, that must be what it's worth. So we learned from our lesson, it's worth what the market tells us it's worth. And we will use comps hopefully that have sold within the last six months. I just reviewed one this morning. We had four comps on the street. All comps were within 0.48 miles. Two comps were within 0.2 miles. The property appraised, it underappraised um, for, because of what it sold for versus what all the other comps sold no. for. Oh, by the way, all those comps had sold within the past four months. So to justify a value, I have to use what's there. To justify new construction, I have to use what's there. I can't use other new construction because technically it's not a house yet. So it, 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 it's just land. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to compare it to what's there. And if it comes in short, your builders are going to be prepared for that. Hopefully we've prepared you for that. Oh. And, and we're going to deal with it and see if there's programs that we can put you in to keep things moving forward. That just, that just validates um, really all the importance of working with professionals to help guide you through the process right. and really keep you within those those guardrails so you don't make a mistake. Because the last thing you want to do is, is, is get someone in over their head. Um, well, and, and we don't want you to be shocked yeah. that your $400,000 house, and we're only telling you it's worth three seventy. It's worth no. everything you're paying for it. I just can't prove that no. right now. Well, the challenge is, is, is like as you both mentioned, is is your house is going to be one of your largest investments, um, but it's also one of your most emotional investments that you're going to make, and, and that's a challenge you have to work through mm -hmm. and, and, and um, be able to work around. Well, I want to thank you both for, for joining me today. This was a lot of good information that you, that you uh, provided us today and, and things to think about. But we always offer our guests an opportunity to talk about what's on your watch list. So I'm going to start with you, Andy. What, what's on your watch list, and what do you think would uh, intrigue our, our listeners? I have two things. Um, one is very much a reality, and one is, uh, I think, is going to blow people's minds and is really out there. Um, the first is the, the concept of a power buyer. Uh, and this is something that Cutler Real Estate is actually launching uh, the first quarter of, of 2022. We're very excited about this concept. So one of the challenges we've talked about today is that many buyers are competing against all cash offers, You know, whether it's a traditional uh, you know, uh, buyer that may have sold their home and has cash, or one of these NFT investment funds that is, is buying all cash. 
Um, and you know, clearly buyers are at a competitive advantage when it comes to sellers con comparing offers in most cases because cash is speed. Cash can, can convert quickly. Um, so we're introducing a program that we can actually um, put cash to work for traditional buyers who are then going to convert at closing into a, a mortgage loan. Uh, and we feel like we feel very excited that this is going to be uh, a game changer. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, there was a lot of news about Zillow at the end of 2021. They they had put all of their chips on the table to become an iBuyer, and many in the real estate industry think that the shift after they got out of the iBuyer business is that Zillow is going to go all in and become a a power buyer and and start helping the thousands of people that that you know look at at homes on their website. Uh, to put cash to work. So we're excited about bringing that concept to um, the, the market here in Ohio. It is cutting edge. There's only two other brokers in the, in the country that are doing this, and they've done it with great success. Uh, so we're very excited about that. Oh, um, the, second, the second part is a little bit more, as I said, out there. Um, it, you know, there's been a lot of talk about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, especially in the art world. Um, but Metaverse Homes, is the first virtual uh, real estate company uh, that Token.com just bought a, a share of, 50% share of, for $1.7 million. And what they specialize in is architecturally unique non-fungible tokens, or NFTs. Uh, and they're expanding at a rapid rate. And, and so as crazy as it sounds that people would, would spend money for a, you know, a, a piece of real estate in the metaverse, uh, there's an awful lot of VC money behind it, and it's oh. something that I think is 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 worth watching. Okay, that's interesting. That's the first time I, I've heard <laughs> of that. So thank you for sharing You're that. Welcome. Bob, what's on your watch list? Um, what's on my watch list is basically I'm watching the economy. Um, you know, we've had the worst CPI numbers in 42 years. We've had the worst PPI the numbers in 41 years. Um, so when when will this slow down? When, when are things going to, uh, you know, as Andy used the term, new normal, but when are things just going to get somewhat back to normal for people? Because the way everything's escalating, rem remember, inflation is too many dollars chasing too few products, right? So we have, we, we, there, there aren't enough houses on the market to buy right now, which is pushing the houses up. Um, we have supply chain issues out there that are, slowing delivery of windows, entry doors. We've got two loans we're waiting to close out here that we're just waiting on garage doors. So when will things get back to normal? When, when will our, our federal government take a look at this stuff and put programs into action to return the ships getting into ports and getting unloaded and, and the supply chain catching back up? Yeah. Because when, when that starts to happen, Inflation should slow down. Until that happens, we're going to be breaking records month after month after month. And the way you stop inflation, as we said before, is you know you raise short you raise interest rates. So interest rates are going to go up, but the best time to buy is when you're ready to buy. Interest rates are important, but they're not as important as you knowing when you need to to, to start looking for that house, getting with a professional, and starting that process. We'll. Will you who buy a house will refinance that house usually within six years, unless you move to another house. Oh. So while that rate's important, 
The most important thing is being ready to buy. But my watch list is watching to see what levers are going to be pulled okay. to get the economy um, back to where, you know, just, just two years ago, our growth CPI was a negative 0 0.02. And now it's 6.9. No. So. Well, just to reinforce what you're saying is, is and again, as we all agreed upon, it's one of your largest investments and most emotional investment. The last thing you want to have is buyer's remorse on right. that investment. So, exactly. Well, thank you both again for, for joining thank us. You. And this was a, a, a great uh, conversation to have around uh, the housing market. Thanks. Sharing Knowledge is brought to you by Westfield Bank, hosted by Kevin Vondrell, Chief Lending Officer. From the imagination and creativity of Chris Van Osdale, Elise Love, Suzanne Favory, Corinne Wilson, Kartika M. Caffey, the marketing and communications strategist at Westfield Bank. Produced, edited, and mixed by Shark and Middle. Learn more at westfield-bank.com forward slash SKS. Sharing knowledge and shedding light on the financial industry to empower financial freedom. The Sharing Knowledge series of videos, podcast episodes, and articles are for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as legal, tax, financial investment, accounting, or regulatory advice. Opinions expressed and third-party information shared herein do not reflect the opinions of Westfield Bank, Westfield Group, or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. The information shared does not constitute nor is intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any product or service. Testimonials may not be representative of the experience of other customers and are not guarantees of future performance or success. Bank products and services provided by Westfield Bank, member FDIC, an equal opportunity lender.